Hi, welcome back to another hour with Crowder with me, your host Crowder. Like, share, subscribe, and comment. And if you're already a subscriber, go ahead, ding the bell so that you can get all of my latest podcasts every Tuesday or Wednesday, at that matter of fact. <laughs> What's up, you guys? What are you doing? Where are you at? How you feeling? I am happy to be back. Happy to have gotten my mind clear. Um, mental health is real. Go get you some. Um, um, I've been doing a bunch of stuff. I know that I haven't seen you guys. You guys haven't seen me due to camera problems, all that stuff. Still haven't set that stuff up, but I did have to slide in and get this off of my chest, these topics, because everything has been wilding for about a month. Me, myself, I have um, been looking into therapists trying to get that together because mental health is real um and it's mental awareness mind isn't it yeah I think so um been looking at some land getting that together I am proud to say that I have found three lands that I have made offers on and I am waiting for those offers to come back so super happy about that um just have been clearing my head, trying to get some things out the way, trying to get my life together, all of that great stuff. And I'm up on the up and up. I hope you guys are too. Let's go ahead and get off into some of the topics. So Daniela Brigello, Brigoli, Brigoli, that's her name. So Daniela Brigoli, aka the Catch Me Outside Girl, recently just posted her paid off house and how much she makes on OnlyFans. And I'm not mad at it, man. I ain't mad at it. These kids these days are making some guap without even going to college, and I'm not mad at it. I wish I had the skills that they had when I was 19. But yeah, she's 19 year old and she came up off of like a catchphrase, which is catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> I can't believe she got famous off that shit, bro. But you know, I, I feel like we, we should put some respect on her name. Um, because you know, she's 19 and she's doing it big. And here I am 32 years old, still driving trucks and trying to make as much as she is. And just one in one year and I haven't even gotten to that but yeah um we should put some respect on her name for sure but my antennas did come up when I seen this story because when I realized that she had barely turned 18 uh, and already had over a million subscribers and and you know you could bet your bottom dollar that the majority of those subscribers were older men you know way older like old enough to be her daddy type shit, you know? And and since we know that, I feel that it's safe to say that all of these older men were just waiting for this poor young girl to turn fucking 18. Yeah. She turned 18 February 2021. So Mar March, so the 26th of March, 2021, six days after her 18th birthday. That's when she officially joined OnlyFans. And after that, she had a million subscribers. Crazy. But um, this is a common thing that is and has been practiced in society with men and, hell, even some women. They will fantasize about them when they're just about 
around the age of 18 and will say a little slick shit like, you're going to be fine when you grow up or um, you're going to have to beat him off with a broom when he get older. You know, the constant exaggeration of their features during the stages of puberty. Um, the always asking, do you got a little boyfriend yet? Or you got a little girlfriend yet? And then follow it up with, if I was 20 years younger, you know, that, that comment. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just here to say, everybody sit down. I'm just here to say, ladies and gentlemen, if you said any of the following to a minor in their lifetime or yours, that is a form of grooming. Yeah, it's a form of grooming. It's a very slight form of grooming. But it is a form of grooming. You're saying inappropriate things to a minor. You're talking about relations of a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You're complimenting them on their, their, uh, their features, such as their butt or their breasts, or maybe the fact that they got facial hair or whatever. The, the, all of the assets in themselves that make them a young adult. A, a young adult that's old enough today because once you start getting those type of things like, you know, growing breasts and, you know, getting hips and getting facial hair and maybe some abs, those are things that make you closer in in relations to a adult. So we don't have to think anything of it because it's, you know, so-called, you know, a compliment, but it's a form of grooming, you know? So if you ever said this in anyone's lifetime, especially a minor, then you are grooming that person. It's just a lower spectrum of it, folks. Which brings me to the question of, should the legal age limit overall be 21? I'm starting to see more and more men See that 18 is okay to date. And that's fine if you're a man that's 23 or under. But the man that I encounter in a post where we're well over 23, you know, I, I had um, um last week or the week before last, my girl had posted this news about Daniela, um, Danielle Brigoli about how she had her OnlyFans and how she was 18 and all the men just came out of the fucking woodworks with this one and saying, oh, you're trying to dig up something that's not a problem. She's 18. She's old. I mean, she's 18. She's old enough, you know, blase, blase. And that really low key kind of disgusted me because the, the men that were on this post were well over 23 years old. Remember, she's only 18. She barely just turned 18 last year. So what is she coming up on 22 or already turned 22? And these guys are well over 23. So that kind of disgusted me a little bit. And they was just defending the fact that, you know, this girl is old enough at 18 or 19 and, sorry, I had to clear my throat a little bit. And the fact that these guys could be this girl's daddy and that was old enough that could be her daddy is looking at her in a sexual way. And they're looking at her in a sexual way because guess what? It's legal. You know? And I just think that that's 
wrong because we already know that just because something is legal doesn't make it right. Now, when we talk about what's lawful, that doesn't mean that it's always morally right. For instance, it was lawful to have slaves, but was it morally right? No. So yes, her being 18 and making an OnlyFans account is lawful, lawfully right. But is it morally right as a man or a woman to be buying a subscription to her page? No, it's not. I've been saying this for a long time now. They have been trying to slide pedophilia in for a long time now. And when Daniela's subscription base will be the reason that it will soon be legal. Because there will always be a man or a woman out there that's willing to compromise. Willing to compromise on age. Willing to compromise on the fact that, well, they're 18, 19. Willing to compromise on the fact that, well, it's legal. Just because it's legal does not make it right. And the fact that majority of her... Just the fact that she got a million subscribers six days after being 18, it's crazy all on its own. But the fact that we can almost bet that most of those men are old enough to be her dad and it's just fantasizing about a younger girl is crazy to me. I think it should be 21. Like back to my point though. Between the trans and the gay laws blurring and crossing the lines into children's rights because they've been trying to slide this pedophilia stuff in here for a very long time, just bits and pieces. You know, they'll slide it in with, you know, little TV shows and they'll slide it in with the gay community and they'll slide it in with the trans community and they slide it in with um, Greek-Roman mythology and they'll slide it in with the Bible and because they slide it in with those things, we think that it's okay because it's under the guise of a, of a group that's already um, marginalized. So because that group, whether it's gay community, trans community, um, the, the Christians, um, whatever group it may be that's marginalized, they slide it in under the guise of that group and then... They bully people because anytime you say, hey, that's not right what they're doing, you're not focusing on the fact that they're gay or they're trans or they're a Christian or whatever. You're focusing on the fact that they're doing something wrong, but they'll bully you into thinking that you're wrong for calling it out because you're doing it to a gay person or a trans person or a Christian or whatever. You know, so um, between the trans and the gay laws blurring and crossing the lines into children's rights, we will soon see laws being passed to not only protect pedophiles, but also give them consent to the children to make their own decisions of what they want to do. So we've been seeing this whole trend, this whole trend of allowing your kids to do what they want to do. You know, your kids know what's right for them. Kids know that they're gay when they're younger. Kids know that they're trans when they're younger. Kids know what they want to wear. You, you've seen that trend going on around. You know, why do you think that they were so heavy on the Zaya Wade welcoming? 
you know, that her coming out. And by all means, you know, do your thing, Wade family. You know, I'm not in a position to judge because I'm gay myself. I'm a gay presenting, uh, I'm a gay male presenting, masculine presenting woman myself. So the problem isn't that, you know, this kid is coming out as trans or gay or whatever it is with, you know, any kid. It's the fact that they're sliding in low-key pedophilia. And, and let me, let me just tell you, let me just tell you why, because a lot of people let that picture of Zaya and the boyfriend kissing that, that went over y'all head. Y'all was arguing over that pick for the wrong reason. It turned into a straight versus LBGT conversation or argument or debate as you will. When the picture was really about pedophilia, just just let's just think logically. Let's just think about it. We seen a 14-year-old boy kissing another boy, and it was praised by so many adults. And I know that it was only praised in support of Zaya for coming out as trans, but that was the test. The test to see how far the government can push pedophilia out to the public without complaint. You know, y'all already let the first test go unchecked, which was shows like Degrassi and Zoe one-on-one and y'all favorite show that y'all just was blowing the internet up over euphoria. All of these shows, if you watched it was low key about pedophilia because all of these shows that are kid shows with adult themes are tests to see if you're going to let pedophilia seep out of the crack. And, and congratulations, y'all all did. Y'all all couldn't stop talking about Euphoria when it came out with Zadaya or whatever her name is. That's why I didn't watch that shit. Because I was when I first watched it, you know, it was some weird stuff going in there. You got a teenager on hard drugs, not just smoking a little bit of weed and drinking. She doing hard drugs. She doing pills. You know, I didn't even get into pills until I was like 17 or 18. Here this bitch is. She in like the ninth grade doing pills. That's crazy. Anyways, you know, you had, you know, y'all couldn't stop talking about euphoria. Then you let your kids watch that Zoe one-on-one, and then I'll take it back to Degrassi. That was the days um, of my era. I was watching Degrassi when Drake was in the wheelchair. Yeah. So we all, all generation of parents, because I just named three generations. I named the older generation, which is me. I named, you know, the kid generation on Disney, which is the Zoe one-on-one. They be kissing and doing all type of things up in there, having adult jokes in there. And Euphoria, <laughs> that shouldn't have never been even themed as a kid show. It was like the raunchier version of Degrassi. But, yeah, y'all let it seep through the cracks. And now that it's a boy and a boy kiss, and now y'all want to get all up in arms about it. No, it's too fucking late. Y'all already let all the straight pedophilia go out the fucking window. Now you want to say something about the gay pedophilia. No, they've already seeped it out on you niggas. Y'all got to start thinking. 
I'm sorry, but if you're out there watching any of these adult themed kid shows, stop because you're a part of the problem. See, I don't watch that type of shit as an adult. I don't watch that type of shit. If these, if the, if if they're kids, why? I've never understood this. Why is adults playing kids, high school kids? Why are 23-year-olds playing what's supposedly supposed to be a 16-year-old? Have you ever thought about that? It's plenty of 16-year-olds out there that are actors and actresses, but they'll go get a 23-year-old to play it. Have you ever thought about that? Could it be because they are doing shit that kids aren't supposed to be fucking doing? Yeah. Maybe it's because the parents of these young actresses and young actors are like, no, my kid isn't doing that. So they have to go ahead and get an adult to play it because all of this stuff is, if they let a kid do it, then they're low-key displaying pornography. When Zadaya and that, that, um, trans girl in euphoria was having sex every day. If they would have got a 16 year old and a 17 year old to do that scene, that's pedophilia. So why is it okay that now because it's adults playing kids that it's okay. See, we got to start thinking logically with this stuff. Y'all they setting up the stage. They're testing us, bro. You know, and, and if that's not bad enough, here's another story that I looked into. I mean, let me go to it real quick. Here we go. This is from the New York Post. Fictosexual. Man married hollow ground bride, but now struggles to bond with her. While Kondo acknowledges his relationship might be odd, he understands my coup isn't a real person. It doesn't change his feelings for her. Since falling in love with her in 2008, Kondo was finally able to interact with Maiku for the first time in 2017 thanks to Gatebox, a $1,300 machine that allowed device owners to interact with characters Viva Hologram and even unofficially married them. So, yeah, here's this weird character. Falling in love with a cartoon character. One of those Chinese cartoon characters or whatever. And and I heard from somebody that this this hologram is supposed is supposedly supposed to be 16 year old 16 years old. So he did all of this when this character inside of this um this character in this cartoon is 16. He married her, made a hologram of her, and married her. That's pedophilia, folks. That's pedophilia. So now you can see that, you know, we've, we, that they've cornered us every, either way. If it takes too long for the real world to catch on to the pedo behavior, then creeps can go into the metaverse and fulfill their desires of being with the minor by making a fucking hologram of them and marrying them 
entrapping them in the age that they're supposed to be at or the desired age of the pedophile. You know, that that's what it's all leading up to, y'all. The fact that they don't want to hide it anymore. They want the alpha and the beta structure of Greek Roman to come back in effect. And they want you to accept it without an uproar. Now, with that being said, I, I, I do believe in freedom of choice. So at this point, I've come to the conclusion that everybody ain't coming. Let me just say that again. Like at, at some point we have to understand that everybody is not coming with us in this journey to take down the government and bestow the, the, the righteousness of the world back. And I'm not saying righteousness as in the Bible. I'm talking about righteousness as in you not hurting yourselves, others, kids, animals, the disabled women or men. You're not hurting anybody with your decision, which pedophilia hurts the child. But at some point, we have to understand that everybody ain't up round about what's going on in the world and everybody ain't coming. Everybody isn't going to rebel because some people want this to come to the forefront. And us as people that don't agree with this have to let them suffer at the hands of their own decisions. I'm tired of going back and forth with people that don't peep the play of what's happening because they're because they're wasting our fucking time, you guys. The government is tying all the loose ends to create a one-world government, and we're wasting time arguing about LBGTQ rights, trans rights, man versus um, woman, boy versus girl, Democrat versus Republican, white versus black. We keep going in a circle with all of this shit and it's not getting us nowhere while the, the people at the top are looking down at us like, ha good. And they're behind the, the scenes making laws. So by the time we look up and figure out that they didn't make pedophilia a thing, they didn't made, you know, um, taking care of your kids and making sure that they say a crime. They didn't make getting the, um, they didn't make implanting anything inside of your body legal. We're going to look up after arguing with each other about every damn thing and figure out that they didn't made all these laws behind our damn back. You know? So that's, that's all I have to really say about that. I hope that we can all come together and figure it out. But I I don't doubt it, man. I don't, I, I doubt it. I doubt that we're going to have enough time to do that. So what I suggest everybody do is take like-minded people and keep pushing. And the ones that peep the play late, hopefully your group is in the range of them so that they can catch up. But don't stop and keep arguing about petty ass shit. People are too blind to peep the play. So keep them where they at. And let the government control their ass. And you and the like-minded people that think like you, y'all keep pushing forward. Now, I do want to talk about this Roe versus Wade thing. It's kind of crazy because uh, I didn't expect this. 
You know, so earlier this week, Roe versus Wade was overturned by the Supreme Court. And like I said, it's kind of crazy because um, for a person like me that is against abortion, I still think that it's an overreach for the government to decide if you can or cannot get an abortion. So what I'm what I'm beginning to see here is a domino effect that I didn't realize was going to happen when I said this clip from one of my episodes right here. I'm all for pro-choice. I'm for pro-choice like Spring or Distill, Kroger's or Walmart, chicken or beef. You know, those are the things that don't even kill nothing. But when 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 your choice comes down to killing something, that's where I have a problem, bruh. And I feel myself getting angry because I see these pro-choice people playing semantics, employees on the black community, and all of this other stuff. And it's not right. My thing is, if you're pro-choice, pick a better choice. Pick a better choice. Because I don't see killing something. Because your choice... Is killing someone. The choice that you made have killed someone. So pick a better choice. Why not the choice of choosing a condom? See, that crazy rhetoric that I was spewing, which is kind of crazy. I mean, but hear me out. That was before I understood how bills and laws worked. So I am going to have to backpedal from what I said in that clip. And if you're one of those 10 amendments or bill of rights people, you too should be worried about this because this not only affects you now, but it could affect you later. You know, from what I'm hearing, you know, it could even possibly, you know, affect one of your loved ones. Because even after I heard that it got turned over, I still didn't care about it because I'm against abortion. But once I heard a lawyer really break down what this may mean, I automatically aligned this with the law, this with them making a law that would basically force us to get the vaccines. Because if they can overturn a right of someone keeping something inside of their body, then they can surely make a law saying that we have to put something inside of our body. But I, I, I want y'all to hear, you know, the way that this lawyer broke it down on Clubhouse. She broke it down so elo- eloquently, and I didn't understand it and how it affected me and possibly even my loved ones and just everyone in general, like from basic rights like privacy inside of your home but let me let me let her say it for folks who might not understand like the way law works in this country uh yeah it's it's stereotypes means like other old cases kind of inform newer ones and so roe v wade is grouped sort of together this is the simplest way i can put it is grouped together with other cases um that secure the right to bodily autonomy, but when it comes to um, same-sex partnership and same-sex 
sex, just privacy within your home. Um, That's Lawrence versus Texas. There are other laws and cases that are going to be talking about contraceptions. All of those cases are grouped together with Roe v. Wade. If Roe goes down, those ones now have precedent for falling too. Loving v. Virginia. Um, So the other half of the app, yes. Yeah, let me just jump in to make a note because I I tapped out just for a second to read through the opinion. Um, so Grace just mentioned two cases, um, and this is why, even though they shit on stare decisis in this opinion, or Alito does, um, sets up, um, a reliance on this opinion for stare decisis as it relates to the cases that Grace just mentioned. There are three explicit points in this opinion where he criticizes and basically um, has the same effect of overruling um, those cases that Grace just mentioned. Um, I'll, I'll read it. It says, these attempts to justify abortion through appeals to a broader right to autonomy and to define one's, quote, concept of existence prove too much. He cites Casey. Those criteria at a high level of generality could license fundamental rights to illicit drug use, prostitution, and the like. He cites a couple of cases um, that are included in citations for um, the cases that Grace just mentioned. The last part of that quote is, none of these rights has any claim to being, being deeply rooted in history. Um, so, uh, Lawrence v. Texas, uh, Ogerfell v. Hodge, um, are the two and, cases as it relates to, um, and I just, uh, Corey, if I could interrupt very quickly, want to talk about how sweeping that language is. And that's why it's so fucking yep. troubling to me because it is very rare because I, I'm, and also full disclaimer, I am a lawyer. Uh, I'm not your lawyer, and I have to make that disclaimer. Um, When you are a Supreme Court, that is the highest court in the land, you want to make sure that whatever ruling you do is narrow enough so that it doesn't overturn every other thing that comes, you know, that that could be in relation to. They said fuck that. Exactly. So to put in language that says, hey, we are setting this up so that these other cases can be affected is unlike is completely unprecedented for anything that the court has ever done it is not how the court functions it is not how the court works it is it is completely anathema to everything that the court is supposed to do how it's supposed to function it is a court of limited jurisdiction it does not hear every type of case it can't hear every type of case and actually has lessened the amount of cases that it hears um typically right and so it's a, a court of limited jurisdiction. Even the the opinions that they write are supposed to be completely limited in their scope. And sometimes, as you saw with the Voting Rights Act, they will strike down a portion of it, but they will not strike down the whole thing. Oftentimes because they wanna make sure that it is in limited scope so it doesn't overturn everything else. Back to the thing that I said, remember, 
the the um laws are stacked on top of each other so they're like jenga pieces if you take one out other laws could fall because of it and that's what we're seeing here it's not just an, an attack on abortion rights it is an attack on bodily autonomy which is steeped in another case lawrence versus texas which was a case about two gay men wanting to be able to have sex in their home that was it that was that was the right that had to be fought for in that case we've got casey versus plant parenthood we have so many cases lawrence i mean loving v virginia possibly um because it another part of this very troubling draft of the opinion is about laws in this country which do not have a historical kind of basis again very vague about what a historical basis means in this context but laws that do not have a historical basis thus do not have protection in well not in the constitution but outside um in case law uh as the court has been writing when the court writes an opinion that's how it becomes law right so over time we've had case law that has secured certain things that we know as unenumerated rights. They're unenumerated because they weren't written in the Constitution, but we're reading in between the lines of the spirit of the Constitution. So for instance, we have a uh, an amendment in the Constitution about no bordering or quartering of soldiers. This was written into the Constitution because the Founding Fathers did not want a situation where um you would be forced to keep soldiers in your home you have to think of the time when this was written the revolutionary war had just ended and or was in the process of ending and they wanted to secure the rights of the country have some sort of territorial sovereignty and limit the ability to which england could interfere with what was going on in this new sovereign nation that they were founding that law that part of the constitution or that part of the bill of rights i should say has been quoted in other <laughs> laws far 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 in the future about what autonomy in your home looks like and whether the government can or cannot infringe on your home that's how kind of lawmaking in this country works through the judicial system and so for them to actually leave the door open to say fuck all these other unenumerated rights that we have that we the courts previous have found is so troubling and no i'm not being dramatic is incredibly troubling the other half of the app that tells black women they ain't shit every day and that they they date white women for these reasons they too should be concerned because loving v virginia is possibly on the table because of this um th does it mean now that Mm -hmm. We might be safe because Clarence Thomas got a white wife. So shout out to that. Possibly. But like, <laughs> is slavery, like, could slavery then be legalized again? Because Trump made an attack on the 13th Amendment. So as you can hear in that clip, she's talking about more than just Roe versus Wade. She's talking about Casey versus Planned Parenthood, which is the right to have an abortion without the consent of your husband, a doctor, or parents. And that sounds, you know, like a horrible thing to get rid of, but it, it's the one that I came across looking into this law that kind of had me like, mm, okay, that kind of 
it's creeping me out a little bit. Why, why is it that they're doing that? And let me read it real quick. So it's the medical emergency definition because we have to understand that they're trying to get rid of abortion altogether with no stipulations. If you get pregnant, you're up shit creek. So this is a piece, just a clause inside of the Casey versus Casey versus Planned Parenthood Act, which this could like you heard her say in the clip, this could affect this law as well. So it's three, two, zero medical emergency definition. So defining a medical emergency as that condition, which on the basis of a physician, good faith, clinical judgment. So complications, the medical conditions of a pregnant woman as to necessitate, necessitate, the immediate abortion of her pregnancy to avert her death or for which a delay will create serious risk or subsequential and irreversible impairment of a bot of a major bodily function. So basically they're saying that we don't care if this happens to you, if you're going to, if we're going to lose you, if, um, you're going to die if you're going to have major complications after this. We don't care nothing about that. You're going to have the baby because guess what? It's illegal for you to abort it. That is one of the things that I was kind of like, wow, this affects that too. So I guess let me clear it up. So basically your wife, your daughter, or your sister could have to make the decision of killing themselves or the child. But with the Roe versus Wade being overturned and that potentially affecting Planned Parenthood versus Casey, that 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 law of Casey versus Planned Parenthood is affected by the Roe versus Wade being overturned. So now that doesn't exist. That abortion law of the that clause in Casey versus Planned Parenthood that goes away. If I don't think that I said it good enough, but I think that she explained it well enough for the mo- the both of us. And so now, me as the person against abortion, I'm I'm sorry, I would have to pick myself over the unborn child solely because who's going to take care of the child if I, you know, if I was like a rape victim and I didn't know the dad. You know, because we have to understand that abortion is legal in this world now. I mean, illegal in this world now. If abortion is illegal in this world now without any clause or stipulations to get an abortion, that means that I could be a rape victim. Um, Or the dad could just decide that he just wants to dip out, you know. And then who takes care of that baby if I have complications on the table and the dad doesn't want to be around and I was a rape victim. So I don't know the dad. And then like, I don't, I don't have the chance to abort it. So it's like, who, who do I give that responsibility to my family? Do, should I give them that responsibility knowing that I'm going to be dead because I'm having complications on the table and I can't abort the baby to save myself. Yeah, it's just, it's a lot to think about. And I know everybody's like, well, that's a straw man argument, but that's what happens when you have to 
You have to look at all perspectives of a situation before you just say, you know what? This should be illegal. And that's what I wasn't doing in that clip. What I was doing in that clip was thinking about just me. I'm a gay male presenting, masculine presenting woman. Nobody's coming to go snatch me up and rape me in the middle of the night. They're not even looking at me. They can't even see if I'm a man or a woman at this point, if it's dark, you know? So I was only thinking about me, but now that I see that, like the young woman in council, Gracie said in that clip that the law is like Jenga. Once you take one block away, that weakens the other laws that might fall underneath it. That's kind of crazy, you know? And um, she also goes over how this will affect things like Lauren versus Texas, which is the right to um, have privacy in your dwelling. So let me read that for you guys, because I don't want to misinform y'all about anything. So this Lawrence versus Texas is a landmark case decided by the U.S. Supreme Court in 2003. The court held that a Texas statute criminalizing inmate intimacy and consensual sexual conduct was a violation of due process clause. This status, this statute at issue originally criminalized any oral or anal sexual activity. However, it was rewritten to apply only to homosexuality con conduct. Lambda legal representatives, the defense, the defendant, their goal was to not only challenge the Texas statute, but also all 13 laws still enforceable in states. So a little bit down, I'm not going to read that whole thing. You guys can pause it and read it for you for yourselves. I will have it in there. And so it's just this one little part right here that I want to read. Liberty protects the person from unwarranted government intrusions into a dwelling or other private places. In our tradition, the state is not omnipresent in the home and there are other spheres of our lives and existence outside the home where the state should not be a prominent present free freedom extends beyond spatial bounds whatever that is um liberty presumes as a autonomy of self that includes freedom of thought, belief, expression, and certain intimate conduct. The instant case involves liberty of a person both in its factual and more transcendent dimensions. So basically the privacy of being in your home and doing what the fuck you want to without the government being intrusive and basically ru ruling being the government inside your damn house, basically. I don't know why the law has to be so drawn out and long, bro. It's like, that's the thing that gets on my nerves. Let's write a law for that. Make law more simpler for the common folks. Y'all all know we out here reading at third grade level anyways, man. Anyways, um, so now since I read that, let's just think because the, the surface level of that law is 
It was written for two gay people that wanted to be in themselves inside of their home and have sex, and the law was infringing on that because it was illegal. Now, let's go a little bit deeper because, you know, we have to go a little bit deeper here on an hour Crowder. Take away the gay in the situation and just say two people. Now, take away the fact that they wanted to have sex and privacy and, 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 and be themselves in their home. So after you take out all of those things, you just get two people that wanted privacy in their home. Once you take out the gay and once you take out the fact that they wanted to have sex, these are just two people that wanted privacy in their home. So that tells you that this is a direct hit on our privacy, whether you gay, straight, man, woman, boy, girl, Republican, Democrat, Put all that stuff out of your mind. It's just two people that wanted privacy. And when you take away Roe versus Wade, then that potentially affects Lawrence versus Texas because that whole law was won off the fact that people should have privacy, the right to be themselves and have privacy inside of their home. So... This is a direct hit on privacy that you will not be allowed anymore inside of your own home. So you know how you got rules outside and you can't just say whatever you want to and do whatever you want to and walk around naked. Cause I know a lot of you nasty, nasty niggas like to walk around in your house, butt ass naked all the time. What if the government say it's illegal to um, walk around naked inside child mm, clothes now got to put on clothes. Yeah, and all of you, big, big brother, nine eleven, the the computer and the TV and the washing machine is listening to me and watching me, ass niggas. Y'all need to be more worried about this as well too, because now the electronics ain't even got to spy on your ass no more. The government or the police or the army or whoever can just walk up inside of your house. So Roe versus Wade. Yeah, the surface level of it is abortion, but the deeper level of it is taking away the blocks of this law so that the Jenga, the Jenga stack is weakened so that all of the laws underneath the Roe versus Wade trample, trump like breaks down. So there's two laws that might be affected, and those two laws. Everybody should be worried about because whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, white, black, libertarian, or conservative, these are going to affect you in some type of way, whether it be the past, present, or the future. And to make matters worse, they're trying to make voting mandatory. Let me go to this article real quick and put y'all up on game with the whole the, the voting thing. I got this from Fox 49. I don't even know where that is. New bill would require Americans to vote in elections or face penalties. People could be fined or not voting. People could be fined for not voting in general elections if a bill recently introduced into Congress becomes law. The Civic Duty to Vote Act was introduced to the House of Representatives on Monday. The bill is written by Representative John Larson. Um, the bill's goal is to require each el eligible citizen to appear to vote in each 
regularly scheduled general election for federal office. To be eligible citizen, a person has to be um, registered to vote for an up-and-coming election. If any eligible citizen is found to have not voted in the general election, a $20 civil money penalty will be assessed to these individuals. So, yeah, there you go, folks. They're trying to make voting mandatory. So, for one, I think that it's important for everyone to be involved in politics, whether you're talking about them or you're actually making the steps or you're just giving your take on them every single day. Um, it's important for us to, in some type of way, be involved. Um, but I think more so at the local level. Um, voting in the presidential elections has never done anything for us as a whole and if you know anything about politics, you know that they have very little power. Like the presidents, they have very little power without the the backing of the Congress behind them. Um, and the power that they do have, they never use it for us black Americans anyways. You know, like all of those executive orders that Biden kept signing for every other group except us? You know, that's the power that they do have, but they never use it for us. So, yeah. Those elections aren't important. Vote locally. My only take on this one is that I don't see that this is a bad thing because, like I said, we do need to be involved in politics, but I don't like the fact that they're trying to force us into doing it. You know, and if we don't do it, then that's a punishable fine. Where's the freedom in that? You know, we always walk around as Americans, talk about freedom, 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 but I should have the freedom to not vote if I don't want to. What if nothing up there tickles my fancy? You know, I always talking about politics as apples and oranges. Well, guess what? Me in real life do not like apples or oranges. So most of the time, if there's an apple and an orange and someone offers me an apple or an orange, I just turn both of them down. I don't just pick the apple because it's the lesser of the two nasties I just don't pick either one of them and that's how we should be doing politics if there's someone up there that you um that that you really don't like neither one of them tickles your fancy then you just shouldn't pick you should just wait till the next four years or eight years or whenever they're going to be up out of office and you can vote again I also find it very funny that the rhetoric for black Americans for the you know, for about four years now has been hold your vote, you know, things like no tangibles, no votes, and you know, re rhetoric of that sort. And now all of a sudden they want to enforce voting. I really feel like they're trying to cover their tracks about how many of black Americans there really are, you know, that, that you know, that's voting because voting would show that show how many of us it really is. As in both parties, you know, uh, both parties are at this point just scrambling. They're scrambling to keep the black voters coming out to keep them afloat. afloat. You know, um, Democrats, you know, they need the vote. And Republicans, they want the votes. As I can see, this is just a custody battle for votes, for the black American votes at that. And another theory that I had came across with this man mandatory vote is that they want to keep up this fight that we have every year when it comes to um, voting and elections and stuff like that. They have realized that we're waking up to a lot of the BS and have noticed that whether we vote Democrat or Republican, that they're still going to screw us either way. So we aren't as worried about politics as we were back in the day. We're 
um, create, we're getting more into the capitalist game. We're getting more into owning businesses and homeschooling and trying to figure out how to separate ourselves from government. And they're trying to pull us back in with the vote because essentially voting is really just putting in your ballot for your next slave master. Because you really don't need nobody how to govern your life. You, you don't need that essentially, but here they are forcing you to put in a ballot. What if I don't want either one of those? What if both of y'all are not proposing anything that I don't want? So now I'm forced to do it for every single election that I didn't vote on. Now I'm, I have to pay 20 bucks. And for a person like me that don't vote at all, shit, that's an extra 100 bucks or 150 bucks a year just off of me not voting all by myself. So I feel like that's another way to, you know, gather up more money from the American people as well. Um, and the last thing that I've realized about politics since, you know, all of this stuff with Roe versus Wade and the California reparation thing and just everything with the government this year, but especially with this Roe versus Wade overturn that I've noticed about politics in general is that they will strategically put the best of the bill on both sides of the party and watch us fight about the surface level issue or watch us contradict ourselves and trying to defend the part that we like about a bill. So here's the example. The Roe versus Wade bill is predominantly about abortion rights at the surface level for women. At the surface level, this is about abortion rights. So where the dilemma comes in at is if you're a person that's a pro-life, pro-lifer, and you happen to think a little bit deeper inside the bill, you start to realize that this bill is really about rights over your body. And what were we all just fighting about about two years ago? We was fighting about COVID, about having the right over our body to not take or take a shot. You know, isn't that a right over your body not to get it or to get it regardless of if people, you know, want to get, want you to get it or not. And then if you're a pro choicer, then you're most likely going to be for this bill. But in suit of you being for this bill, you are essentially killing a life and saying that it's okay but you know that you aren't really killing, fighting to kill someone. You're really fighting so that you can have the right to do what you want with your body, whether someone thinks it's wrong or right. Just like the people that are pro-lifers that just last year decided that, no, I'm not going to put this shot into my body and, and I'm okay. I don't have to take it. So we both really low-key was fighting the same fight. It's just different situations now. So peep how the government took the bill and played us against each other. The left looks like baby killers, but is really fighting for the right to control their body. And the right is fighting to save a life, but looks like they're trying to control someone's body to do so. Yeah, it's all a fucking game. It's all a game. All of it. So... With that being said, I'm just going to have to go ahead and get on up out of here. I really enjoyed talking to you guys today. I plan on doing it next week. I got to figure out some more stuff with this camera. Hopefully that'll be up next week. 
And I am going to see you guys later. But before I go, um, y'all make sure to go to my Instagram and Albert Crowder. Um, my Facebook, I'm banned on that hoe once again for 30 days. But I think y'all can still go to my An Albert Crowder um, fan page and check out the clips and everything there. Go to my Twitter, which is Crowder the Great. Um, go to my TikTok, which is also an hour with Crowder. You guys have a nice day and a nice night and a nice life. Bye.